Welcome to yet another episode of When a Guy Has a Really Fucked Gender. My name is Jolene, as always, I'm your host, and I have with me here today Zane. Zane, would you like to say hi? Um, hi everyone, I'm Zane, and um, I, have a, I have a pretty fucked up sexuality, which is kind of part of gender. Um, yeah. But yeah, happy to happy to be on the pod as a as a fangirl. Um, share share some takes, share my story. Yeah, I'm curious to get it. You messaged me after the autoantrophilia episode, which um, at the time of recording, this is about two weeks after that episode came out. I'm not sure the order that I'm going to release these this in, but. Yeah, you you essentially you you DM'd me. Um, we've been mutuals for a while, but you DM'd me after the autoantrophilia episode. Um, and I mean, well, I'll, I'll let you sort of like narrate what you said. I'll let you kind of. Yeah, I guess my 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 pitch, as I remember it, was like, um, like I don't know if my gender is that fucked up, but like. I guess, so at the end of the autoandrophilia episode, you said, you know, you, like, want to talk more, talk to more people about autogynophilia, autoandrophilia. We should just go ahead and shorten those to, like, AGP and AAP, because that's going to get exhausting. Um, and I was like, you know, like, I, I think this stuff is kind of interesting, and I have some some hot takes on AGP and AAP, and I also have, like, personally experienced both while uh, envisioning myself as a cis man and also while envisioning myself as a trans woman. Um, And I think I also, in that prompt, said, like, I think, like, I'm, I'm autistic and I feel like that there's some intersections there that I want to explore a little bit and get into. Um, so yeah, so that's the pitch, I guess. Yeah, that sounds really um, that sounds really interesting, and I'm really excited to like, kind of get into that. Um, I think that these, I don't know, the the sort of um, the, the the Blanchardian grammar. Um, Right, it's something that I've always only ever kind of really interacted with from far. Um, and it's interesting to sort of find people that uh, maybe don't use it in like a sort of uh, straightforward or sincere way, but do have some kind of um, they do have some sort of like uh, I guess use for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like these are phenomena that, like, came truly out of nowhere. Like, like you can critique Blanchard's, like, methodology and, like, whole ideological framework all you want. But, like, at the end of the day, he was, like, talking to trans people and, like, asking them about their experiences, you know? So, like, there are eternal truths to his work. Like, the same way people do this sort of, like, critical readings of Freud and everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely, he's a, a maybe a uniquely bad, um, like, 
psychoanalyst Blanchard like he's he's really terrible <laughs> um I actually when I first like learned about AGP I, I think I first heard about it like on the LGBT board of 4chan when I was like 19 or something and like I I was like at this point still like identifying as like a straight cis man and I like went and actually like read one of his papers about it and I was like this is nonsense like I'm not I'm not a social scientist um like I'm an engineer but I was like this is like the worst science I've ever seen um anyways so, so why were you as a sort of like ostensible as like a sort of like you you thought of yourself as a cis straight man why did you end up on LGBT <laughs> That's a great question. I guess I wasn't, I I wasn't like a like a hard user at the time. Um, I had like a brief phase of it, like early after I came out. I guess I had been, I had like been on 4chan broadly for a while, um, and I guess around that time I was, I was probably like starting to question my sexuality. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is the time to just, like, start from my childhood and work my way up. I mean, or may, maybe start from the present very briefly and then come back to to how I got to where I am. Okay, yeah, no, go for that. Yeah, so I guess if I had to describe myself in, like, simple terms, like, I'm a bisexual trans woman, um... Like, neither of those things, I think, are, like, uncomplicated, obviously. Um, like, I'm a woman insofar as, like, whenever I aspire to, like, be normative at all, if I aspire to, like, pass, um, it's it's as a woman, but also, like, I'm trans and queer and autistic, and so, like, those things complicate that a lot and like most people don't get it and that's kind of okay you know like being autistic I'm used to people not getting me and like like most cis straight people don't even get their own genders you know like they don't they don't know have a single clue um what's going on with gender so like that's all right I'm okay if they I'd prefer that they round towards women um and yeah, so that's that's where I am now. And I guess bisexuality isn't really that straightforward either, but, like, I don't know. I guess I'd describe my bisexuality as, like, more fag and dyke than both straight and gay. Like, so a, a, lot, of, a lot of, I guess, my fucked up sexuality now is, like, being gay in both directions. Okay. Right. I mean, that's not a, yeah, yeah, that's not a particularly, like, uncommon thing to find, I think. I mean, I've definitely. Yeah. You find people. Yeah, definitely. About. You find people talking about it. I've, you know, if you find people making music about it, it's, it's all good. People know about being gay in both directions. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's great. We love it. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Um, yeah, okay, so then, all right, so to work backwards, I guess, like, um, 
I definitely, I don't know. I think it's a little weird to like analyze. It's a little weird to like analyze childhood as being like a trans childhood if you didn't explicitly identify yourself as such. But like, I think a lot of a lot of parts of my childhood make sense. Like to think of myself as a like repressed trans woman. Um, not not to do any of the like oh like there were so many signs or whatever but like my favorite first my first favorite song ever was Lola by the Kinks that was like like one of my first memories is like asking my dad to play it on repeat um so i definitely my my sort of like early experiences with gender though were like that it was sort of something where there were like rules that were meant to be broken. Um, like my mom is like a girl boss and my dad was a stay at home dad, you know? And um, so I kind of always had this idea, like, like, especially like, I don't know, my, my dad very much felt the like gendered experience of like, being a stay-at-home dad and like trying to fit in with all the moms at the playground um which was like a very strange thing to be doing in like the late 90s early 2000s um even where I grew up like in the Bay Area um San Francisco Bay Area for people who are yeah um where do you fall in the order of like are you an only child do you have siblings do you have older I have I have one um, younger sister, and then I have, like, stepsisters. I mean, my dad isn't actually remarried, but, like, has been with his girlfriend for, like, 11 years. Um, okay. And she has two kids that are similar ages, and so we've, like, known them for a while, get along really well. It's nice. How old, um, but, like, how old are you? Uh, so I'm 25. Okay. So, yeah, so my sister is, like, three years younger. Um, and yeah, like we, we like had a pretty good relationship in our like youngest years. We kind of like grew apart in like middle of the high school, just sort of like, you know, as we're sort of going through it and then grew back together as we figured ourselves out. Um, I guess like our our interests diverged a lot for a while in like high school. Like she was like very, um, I don't know. She just like had lots of friends and went out and did stuff. And I was very much the like nerdy recluse. I just like sat at home and played video games. Um, yeah. So that was that was sort of my childhood, and I guess um, as far as like my sexuality and gender, like I was definitely like having crushes on boys in as early as like middle school, and crushes on girls too. Um, and all my crushes on girls also had this had that element of like do I want to be with her or do I want to be her, you know? Right. Um, and 
And I didn't really understand my crushes on boys as being crushes on boys at the time. And like partly because they didn't have that element. And so there wasn't this like intense, like fucked up, I don't know, like yearning that was present in my crushes on girls. Um, But I did like have this sense that there was like something fucked up about my sexuality. Um, And I remember like at the time, like trying to watch gay porn to like prove to myself that I was like gay or bi or something just so that I could like have an answer. But like, I just didn't, I didn't get it. I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't do it for me. Like what's wrong? Like, yeah, I don't know. It just, it didn't do it for me. And so I was like, well, if I don't like gay porn, then I can't possibly be attracted to men. So so that's that. Um, and um, yeah, and then I guess basically as far as like, as far as like gender goes, um, I probably around when I was like, when I was like 15, I started like, I guess I, okay, well, so I've been, I've been aware of trans people broadly for like a really long time, right? Because, like, like, my first favorite song was Lola, right? Um, I, I remember when... I don't know. I don't okay, know. Okay, so, so it's, okay, it's, um, it's basically, I mean, it's about, uh, you know, the, the narrator, like, like, meets this beautiful woman at a bar, um, and, you know, she asks him to dance, and um, and he's, like, you know... Like, there's a line that's like, like, I couldn't understand why she walked like a woman and talked like a man, right? And, um, okay, yeah, I see this. So girls, like, so like they, you know, girls. yeah, right. They, like, they dance all night, and, and he's like, he's like, kind of falling for her. And then he, he's like, at the end, he realizes, like, oh, she's a man. Um, Anyways, it's like it's, okay, it's got a lot of candy darling. What? Google is tells about, me it's about candy darling. It's about candy darling specifically. All right, I didn't I didn't know that. I don't know. Anyway, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not going to really investigate further. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter who it's actually about. I guess um, it's it's got it's got a sweet sentiment to it. I always love the part about girls will be boys and boys will be girls. That's yeah. the best part. Anyways, um, yeah, and then also, like, when I was a kid, um, I don't know, my, um, my, my dad was, like, into um, La Tigra, and so, like, my sister and I were into La Tigra, um, and, and one of the people from La Tigra is transmasculine, right, and I think I'm pretty sure, like, they're non-binary, but my dad was like, oh, like, he's a trans guy or whatever, right? Um, and basically, like, explained to me that, like, if you take testosterone, you'll get a mustache, right? Because there's, like, there's, like, a cover. Um, one, one of their album covers, like, they've got a mustache. Um, and so I kind of was, like, aware of that. And then, like... 
Yeah, I don't know. I was, I was, I was like very much aware of trans people as like being a thing that existed in the abstract, but like, I didn't like meet any. I didn't. I definitely didn't meet any trans people like my age until I was in college. Um, okay. So it, yeah. So it never. It never was something that I like related to like on a direct personal level with like somebody but i was very much like aware of the existence of trans people broadly um and but then yeah in like um in like early high school i guess i kind of like i i sort of like came across sort of like tumblr gender discourse like via reddit which was a terrible way to come across <laughs> Tumblr gender discourse. Because of course yeah, this is like <laughs> this yeah, this is like this is like twenty twelve, right? When like like oh uh, yeah FJW troll posts are like rampant, right? Um right. and so so here I was trying to like deduce like like what what's the like so which of these are trolls, right? Which of these are people being genuine but they're teenagers like me and they're stupid and I shouldn't take their opinion seriously and which of these are like smart people telling the truth about gender and like what it is to be trans um and yeah I guess I like I like formulated a lot of opinions at that time but I didn't really like position myself within them I didn't really like think about I didn't think about my own gender very hard. I guess I kind of came to the conclusion that was like, oh, like I don't really I don't really like identify with being a man, but I also am not going to do not going to like do any effort to do anything about it. Like I'm not going to tell people to use they them um or anything like that. Like I like I just don't care. Like, obviously, I did care, but I didn't want to think about it. Right. It's easy to sort of be like, well, I care, but I don't care. Yeah. As much as. Yeah. Yeah. And I think right. As much as people who are doing stuff about it. Right. It's. I feel like it's a sort of like, well, I'm not doing stuff about it yet. And that means I don't need to do stuff about it. At least that was right. kind of like. It's like oh, well, yeah. if it needed to happen, it would have happened by now. Which exactly right? Like if I if I should do anything about it, then I would care enough to do something about it. But I'm not doing anything about it, so clearly I don't care enough. So it's not really a big deal, right? It's, except then it becomes a big deal, right? Then it's sort of yeah. Like, then it becomes a big deal right? eventually. This is just how um, yeah, but like all because. Like, the, the thing also at that time was, like, like, I didn't really feel, I didn't feel like I was, like, being treated very male by, like, my peers or, like, my teachers or my, like, parents or anything. Um, like, I don't know, I was just, like, one of the weird kids. Like, I didn't, I didn't go on dates or, like, have sex or, like... I don't know, like, talk to talk to anybody in any way where, like, the things we were talking about were heavily gendered. Um, like, beyond the sort of just, like, ambient 
background levels of gender. Um, and, and I wasn't like, I wasn't like fruity enough to be bullied for it, but I also was definitely, I, I like understood that I was like not being a desirable male, you know, I was like fine with being a, a failed male as it were. And like okay. that, that, that like basically lasted until pretty much like the beginning of college where I was like, I guess I have to like have some relationships um, because I'm like lonely and horny. Um, and obviously that's like easier said than done also, but like, I don't know. I started just like, I started like thinking about my appearance a little more and that's when I did start getting a little fruity. Um, I kind of had some like weird, I had some like weird eras of, of gender presentation. I would be wearing like, I'd be wearing like like wool suit pants with like combat boots or Birkenstocks and like a tucked in button down. Um, and people just didn't have any idea what to make of me, but I don't know. It was like, it, it is what it is. I, I had some sex. It was okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, All right. And and I guess around that time, I was, like, I kind of just felt like... I, that, around that time, I started questioning my sexuality more. Um, and, and I guess that's also when I started figuring out about, about AGP. I mean, I guess I kind of was, like... For, for a long time, I had also been, like, re- very much related to my sort of, like, non-binary cope. I, I did the classic, like, bisexual cope of... Um, like everyone's a little bisexual like like wouldn't you like suck the perfect dick on the hottest guy imaginable you know um and and then so yes it was around then that I guess like I don't know I guess I sort of was like those those feelings started also becoming like not ignorable like my first like my first girlfriend, I guess, was, like, kind of a Fujoshi and, like, wanted me to, like, fuck a guy really bad. It took me a few more years, though, but, um, I don't know. It was just, like, I, I guess I kind of got to the point where it was, like, okay, like, I can't ignore it. Like, even if, even if, like, gay porn still doesn't work for me, like, I guess I, like, have to have sex with a guy. Um, but, but also around this time, I, I did discover, right, autogynephilia, right? And so I guess my initial response to it was like, like, I, I sort of read some of the, like, I don't know, I read some of the, like, descriptions and quotations from this, like, horrible Blanchard paper, and... I like related to them, you know, uncomfortably much and was like, oh, that's like weird that I would relate to these because I'm cis, right? Um, Yeah. (laughs) And and then the other thing that sort of got me for a while was um, Blanchard has this concept of meta attraction. Um, 
which basically is so like in in I guess the example of the autogyna file, right? You are attracted to the idea of being a woman, and so you become attracted to men because having sex with a man would make you feel more like a woman. Right. That's like this is like so, sort of like, like his his like sort of like pseudo bisexuality. Right. This is his pseudo bisexuality. I mean, he actually doesn't believe that bisexuality exists. Um, Very funny. <laughs> and that's just because he's he's just a dumbass. Um, yeah. This is yeah. Bisexual Like that's like. I don't know, that's just, like, so, like, out of step with, right, like, um, that's, like, really, like, out of step with, like, the history of, like, sexology and psychoanalysis. Right, it's, it's totally like, like, bisexuality is, like, because you don't need to explain it, because it's just, like, oh, yeah, they, like, didn't differentiate, right? <laughs> right. Right, it's, and it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's very funny, like, so much of, so much of um, Blanchardism generally, I feel, is so strongly influenced by like the by like the like Harry Benjamin model of like transsexuality, you know, where you have the like the true transsexuals and the HSTS is on one end, and like the the AGPs and crossdressers and sissies on the other, and like and and like for for Harry Benjamin like. There's like a specific range of the Kinsey scale to like each type that like matches to each type of transsexual and like the more the more like quote unquote homosexual right the more like androphilic that you are as a trans woman the more of a true transsexual you are and but there is some kind of bisexual middle ground um, and Blanchard sees all of this and is like this is all right except bisexuality is fake like that just doesn't that's just not real. Right. I mean, and it's, it's, it's very funny. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's just very funny. So you, is, is this the era in which you come across ATP on 4chan when you're sort of like, yeah, sort kind of, of like non-binary, like dating a Fujoshi. Right. Sort of yeah, I'm in this like I'm in this like privately non-binary, questioning bisexual, like recently out of this relationship with the Fujoshi. Like that that was sort of my like that that was my like my my vicarious phase, I guess. But like I wasn't doing anything anything about it yet. Um and then, but yeah, and so I had this kind of, I had this like weird idea of myself as like, I was like, what if I'm just like cis AGP and meta attracted and like, I'm not really bisexual. Cause like that would explain why I don't like gay porn. Right. Cause there's no, there's no like woman to self insert as right. Of course, all this time I'm like not seriously considering that I could be trans. Um, would you like? I, I don't know. I guess I'm curious. Like, were you watching straight porn, and did you self-insert as a woman into that? Oh or? yeah. At that time, I was definitely like watching straight porn and self-inserting as a woman. Um, 
I guess actually, oh, here's one, one, one sort of prior step in all of this is like when I like first discovered porn. I mean, I guess I sort of was like aware of it, but like when I first had consistent like access to having a computer in a private area, um, you know, the like the first the first porn that I was watching was like like I guess really really the first porn that like captured my attention was like softcore just women. Um just like, you know somewhat erotic nude photography, right? Um yeah. and then and then it was like and then it was like lesbian porn. And then I guess in my sort of exposure to Tumblr via Reddit, there was a decent bit of like, um, you know, men can't watch lesbian porn like it's so fucked up and fetishistic. And so without without like understanding the idea of the like AGP fetishist, I was like, oh, fuck, like I can't watch lesbian porn. So I kind of like intentionally like weaned myself off it. Um by watching straight porn, I guess. Um, but then by, like, by the time I was, like, 19 or 20, I, like, definitely realized I was self-inserting as the woman. So. Okay, so you're, like, self-inserting as a woman. You're, like, and this is you. You're discovering, like, AGP on 4chan, and you're thinking of yourself as, like, yeah, you're essentially, like, I mean, like, how did this, like, fit into, I don't know, like, were you aware of, like, I don't know, I guess, like, the political implications of this sort of stuff? Or was this, like, kind of, like, a private, like, oh, like, everyone mm. else is, like, valid, I'm just, like, not, I'm just, like, the... Yeah, I guess it was, I mean, I, like, I, I feel like I had a, I had a concept of the political implications of, like, I think I think as far as I had a concept of political implications, it was like, oh, like it's like not my space to like be publicly non-binary. Okay. And then I and then I actually kind of felt the same way about like being bisexual, like even after I was having like ostensibly gay sex. Um like I don't know. I guess it just like like it didn't it didn't feel it didn't feel right for me to like use a label that didn't like feel comfortable enough. Does that make sense? Like 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 no there was nobody in my life really telling me like oh like it's like fine to give yourself labels and change your mind and like I don't know, like, I'm sure, I'm sure that was something I, like, felt was fine for other people to do, but I, I was just, like, very self-conscious about doing it myself, I guess. You're very self-conscious about, about, about sort of, like, about, participating like, in about, this, like, like intentionally, yeah, about, and about, like, intentionally, like, misapplying a label, like, non-binary, because I kind of, like, had this sense it didn't fit. Like, you had a sense like that I kinda, it wasn't like the right thing for you, or it, you had a sense yeah, that you didn't match what was like typically like. I I think kind of both. Like I definitely didn't match what was sort of what I sort of typically understood. Like I don't know. I like I, mean, I guess like, like, like non-binary like. I like, 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 like 
yeah, like I, I don't know, like fucking like septum ring undercut, you know. Right. Right. Like any like, white. Yeah, like I at the time I I did have an undercut and was skinny and white, but it was very much like a boy undercut, you know. Right. I mean that's like the other thing, um, right? the way that like non binary gets kind of like associated with um Yeah. Like I guess like it's, a sort of like kinda like, like weird like spicy femininity, right? Right. Um, it's like a feminine androgyny or an androgynous femininity. And that was just, like, that was something that felt very outside of my reach. And, like, yeah, I definitely, I could, I would, like, like, I, like, privately considered myself agender, you know? But it just wasn't something, it wasn't something where I felt like I had the, I just didn't feel like I have, I didn't feel like I had the, like, social or political space to, like, express it or do anything about it. And, like, at the time, I don't know, like, I I actually, I think my sort of, like, first, my first, like, ever thought about using different pronouns was, like, like, it would be a cool thing politically for someone with no dysphoria to use they, them, just to, like, normalize it. Like, yeah. I, had, I had that idea of that as, like, a political, it's, like, having a political implications probably when I was like 16 or 17, like I was definitely in high school when I first had that thought. Um, but like, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had like the social support or just like the general self-confidence to like do that myself. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, I get that. So, like, what eventually kind of, like, breaks you out of this, like, um... Yeah, you, okay, well, so I guess, like, I guess, how, like, how do you sort of, navigate your way out of this? Yeah, so I I basically figured my way out of this by, like, first, first I, like, had some gay sex, right, as in, like, quote-unquote male and male, um, and, and then I was, like, more comfortable calling myself bisexual, so, like, you know, friends and stuff. And, and I guess I also sort of became more comfortable, like, dressing gayer. That was sort of my, like, um, that was my, like, shorts and combat boots era, which I guess is far from over. That was the beginning of my shorts and combat boots era. Um, that was, like, around then was, like, the first time I actually got, like, got, like, harassed on the street for being a fag, and it wasn't just, like, middle school teasing, you know? Um, and, yeah, I guess I kind of was just, like, I was, like, okay, like, so so I'm bisexual, like, that's, that's nice, I figured it out, um, and, like, now it's time to just sort of, like, push the limits of, like, being gayer with my sort of day-to-day gender um and and I guess some sometime around then I also started like started like using Twitter way more and um just sort of ended up like following a bunch of trans women and um you know realizing that like all the trans women that I followed were like cool and hot and I kind of wanted to be like them and then, and then one day I just, like, saw a tweet that was, like, if you're, like, jealous of 
a bunch of trans women like maybe transition about it and i was like oh fuck (laughs) um because i had never i just had never really been i'd never been like jealous of trans women before i guess because i didn't really feel like i had a peer group of trans women um and at that point i had probably met i had met like a handful in real life like you know at like local punk shows and stuff um right that's sort of what like um passed for you know queer community in my college town um it was just like the whoever goes to like how old were you when this is and what kind of year this is this is around like this is like 21 to 22 so this is like the end of my yeah it's like the end of undergraduate i was like this is like 2018. Yeah, yeah it's like 2018. Yeah, that's right. This is like that's like when that started, and then I came out as trans like fall of 2019. Um, and it was it was basically like a couple weeks after I like read that tweet because like I read that tweet and then I also I like shaved my beard. I had like grown out a shitty little beard. I think kind of like subconsciously as a like last ditch um, repression effort. Um, I like read that tweet. I shaved my beard. I kind of just like kept on like catching glimpses of myself as a woman in the mirror. Um, And then like one night I was trying to just like smoke a bowl of weed to go to bed. And I just like got a little too high and was just looking in the mirror And I was like, like, fuck, I keep on, like, seeing myself as a woman. Like, what am I supposed to do, like, if I keep on identifying as a woman? Like, that's the way that I perceive myself. Um, And then I was like, oh, right, duh. Like, I actually know exactly what to do. I know what trans people are. I know what transition is. Um, So then I just started telling people and, like, got my, you know, Planned Parenthood, HRT appointment and all that shit. And, uh, yeah, here we are, I guess. We are. So, like, okay. I mean, so there, there's, I guess, there's there's a couple of different things. Like, I'm, I'm, you made a sort of, like, offhanded comment about, like, um, failed masculinity or sort of failed. Yeah failed manhood earlier and I guess I'm I'm curious to hear you talk more yeah I guess I just like that was a conversation Mm -hmm. um not sort of failed masculinity failed failed dykeness um in his case dykeness dykiness dyke dyke Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah I don't know but um (laughs) but uh in in the sort of like in in the testosterone symbol Will probably come out before, um, but uh, he, you know, he was sort of talking about how his transition felt like a way of sort of like, um, felt felt like it sort of like his attempt at. Wait, you you cut out for a second. Oh, I was just saying that Seth sort of had this, you know, sort of talked about how his his transition felt like it was you know, related to his trying to be a dyke and kind of failing at it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. So, no, I, I, don't I, know, I guess I'm sort of like, what was like the, the content? Um, tell me more about like being like a like, failed man. Sorry, I missed the last like five seconds. Oh, I was just asking you to tell me more about being, you know, sort of like fa- about failing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, definitely, like, I think first of all, in in high school, I was like failing and not trying. Um, but then in college, I sort of started trying, and my all of my attempts to like be a straight man, like, like fucked up really bad, like pretty fast. Like, I was never didn't it didn't work. Um, you know. My first girlfriend was like, you should fuck a guy <laughs> like um, so that that didn't that didn't really last very long. And I it wasn't. It was never something I was at all comfortable with. Um, and then my my attempts to like be a fag were like a little better. Um, I kind of like. I don't know, I guess I sort of like. I tried to like settle into a particular like archetype of fag, I guess, which was the sort of like mid 2010s like bisexual guy, you know, with the like kind kind of the like what's that one fucking indie rock band? Um I don't remember the name of this band. But there was this one band where, like, the guys in it were always wearing, like, um, the, like, short Doc Martin shoes and, like, cuff jeans and, like, kind of baggy short sleeve button-downs tucked in. Ice Age, that's the band. Um, and, like, I don't know, I remember going on, like, the like the fashion board of 4chan and, like, trying to dress, like, the faggy guys on there. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It like that like went okay. There were some things. There are some things I still wear from that era, you know. Um, I, I I like boots still, um, and the occasional short sleeve button down. Um, I don't know. I guess I yeah. I sort of like I like tried to be a fag, but it didn't really. I just was never, like, confident enough in it, I guess. Um, Even, like, once I was, like, having sex with men that was, again, like, ostensibly gay at the time, right? It just, I didn't feel, um, I didn't feel, like, really intimate connection to, like, gayness broadly. Like, I didn't feel the sort of cultural um, connection to it. And I actually, like, I feel a lot more cultural connection to it now, like, as a trans woman. Like, I see, like, the way that I can sort of place myself in, uh, you know, in gay history is, like, as a trans woman and not, like, as a bisexual man, you know? And, yeah, that that is interesting. I, I don't know if you have... I don't know, speculation about that. More to say. I mean, I think it was, I think it's just, like, again, a sort of self-consciousness of, like, 
like I didn't want to be like I didn't want to be like invading on someone's space and I didn't want to be um I didn't want to be like publicly declaring something that felt a little bit incorrect about myself. You know? Right. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense, I guess, in a certain sense, like, right? Like, being a trans yeah. woman. I don't know. I feel like a lot of us feel kind of entitled to that sort of, uh, I don't know, entitled to like a sort of uh, looseness around labels or a little bit. Sure. I mean, trans people generally, um, um, trans people are generally kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I think more willing to, to do that than a cis yeah. people. I, mean, I, th I think, like, once I, once I, like, had, once I had, like, solidly come out as trans, I became, like, much more comfortable with that. Like, I became... The instant I came out as trans, I became so much more comfortable calling myself a fag. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's definitely there's definitely some like looseness that comes with being trans generally, and like, may maybe I just like, I don't know. May maybe I was like, if I start playing loose with labels, then I have to like confront that I'm trans, and so I didn't want to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, but I just didn't. I didn't feel. I didn't feel like it was my place. I guess. Um, and and now I do. So that's nice. Right. Um, I guess I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's. I think I think the stuff about the like sort of connections to gay subculture is like a good segue into my sort of present feelings. So I guess we did just skip over um we did just skip over the pre-transition autoandrophilia um which is basically yeah. like I mean, that's as I So tell me yeah, so tell me about Okay, so basically, as I, like, started getting faggier, and, like, I also just was, like, getting into shape, like, I've always just been, I've always been, like, super tall and skinny, and sometime around the middle of college, I, like, started lifting weights, and then I, like, started rock climbing, um, and so, and I started also, like, consciously eating more protein and stuff, um, and I, like, put on, like, the tiniest bit of muscle and was, like, oh, shit, like, like, I'm hot, and not just, like, I'm hot in a way that's confident, but, like, like I want me to fuck me. Um, and I kind of, I think in retrospect, like, a lot of my sort of, like, like, faggot drag was just, like, making up a guy that I would want to have sex with. Um So that that was my sort of pre-transition autoandrophilia, which was very different from my pre-transition autogynophilia, which was very much just like fantasy. It was like watching porn. That was about it. 
I guess I did. I like wore a couple skirts a couple times, but it wasn't, it never felt like super erotic. I don't know. I like wore them in public even a couple times. Um, and like kind of the whole time was like consciously pushing away any gender thoughts, but just like having a good time at the, at the punk show with like a couple other trans people there or whatever. Um, but yeah, that, that was like, I, th- I think the, the autoandrophilia was a big guiding force in, like, how I presented as a gay man in my, in my gay man era. And I, I assume that you don't have this language then, at this point, right? Or do you? This was, this was, I did have that language, but I wasn't thinking about... Oh, I wasn't really thinking about it critically um, with, with regards to myself, except for like, oh, I'm kind of an autogynophile. Um, but I, I definitely wasn't, I wasn't like consumed with it. Like I wasn't, like I had gone on LGBT like basically out of curiosity. Um, at that time, like I mostly was, like if I was using 4chan at that time, it was mostly like the music and fashion boards. Um, and I was just, like, I don't know, I was listening to, like, a lot of death metal and, like, finding, like, death metal and black metal recommendations on the music board, and I was, like, figuring out how to be a faggy guy on the fashion board. Um, but, like, yeah, so I was, like, I was, like, aware of autogynophilia and autoandrophilia, I guess, to a lesser extent, um, but like definitely wasn't thinking about I definitely wasn't thinking about my attraction to myself at the time as being autoandrophilia. Okay. Okay, so I guess let's get back to like let's get back to like the present and like I guess just transition and beyond, I guess. Um which is yeah. like coming up on so that's coming up on three years um, this fall. Um, and yeah, I guess first of all, like I pretty much immediately after I came out, like I started to get gay porn. I was like, oh, I can watch this. I, I just have to like not try to self-insert. Um, so like, I don't know, and I guess like in in the like like the guys I'm attracted to are just are, I'm attracted to are just fruity. Like I don't know. <laughs> um, my my current boyfriend, who I've been dating for like coming up on two years, is like he's trans. He's he's very fruity, and like I'm really dikey, and it's just like that's what feels. That's what feels like the most, I guess, like natural. Uh, I don't know. It feels it feels like we're reflected in each other in in the best ways. Um, and I guess that's also kind of where like being gay in both directions comes in. Like, like my current relationship feels very much like gay in both directions at the same time 
Um, and I think my, like, I don't know, my, like, autogynophilia as such has very much, like, resided now that I just, like, am a woman in a much less complicated way. Like, I don't know, it's, it's not like I'm aroused, like, getting called miss at the grocery store, you know, like, like the most yeah. extreme patriotists would have you believe. Um, right. Like, like, like most of, most of the time, my, like, female experiences are pretty, um, pretty, like, bland and desexualized. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. So I definitely, I, like, feel, I feel AGP less. I think I feel it more in, I feel it more in the way of, like, seeing a hot girl and like and and feeling a little bit of that same feeling of like I don't know if I want to be her or be with her um and less of like oh it needs to be this like escapist fantasy okay what do you, you you're not feeling the sort of escapist fantasy what what are you feeling? Right. I just, like like I, I, I feel it in the I feel it in the like I don't know if I want to be her or be with her way like not super strongly um just because like I don't know my partner and I are monogamous I'm like it's it's great and I don't I don't like I'm not like looking for another partner but like like I feel I still feel a little bit of that um sort of pulling in both ways of like, I want to be here. I want to be with her. Like when I just like, when I see a, an attractive woman, you know, right. At least, at least certain, certain, like certain categories of women, at least. Right. That I could see myself being to some extent. Right. Um, right. There's like a sort of, there's this like, Right, like there's a line where you, there there's like a sort of like a, a line of possibility where like you can see someone yeah. interact with them and be like, oh, this is like inspiration for how I might want to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Then there's like definitely. other times where it's like, oh, I'm I can't, you know. Right, or or just like I don't want to. Like, that, like, now that I, yeah. like just now, now that I like understand my womanhood better. Like there are certain corners of it that I'm not interested in, and that's fine. Like, um, I definitely used to be, like before before I was, you know, before I was out, before I was presenting femininely at all. Like in high school, like that feeling sort of cast a, a wide net on like different types of women, um, and and now it's like I feel sort of more secure in like the types of femininity that are and aren't for me, you know? Yeah. Like, I like I basically don't feel that for cis women anymore, because it's like, fuck that, I don't want to be cis. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What's your, what, what is your, what's your partner's deal? <laughs> um, your I partner? guess really his deal, um, I mean, shit, I don't know. I haven't, like, 
I don't know. I haven't talked about how much I would talk about him on the pod with him. But okay, yeah, I mean, like we don't have to do that. If you want. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we need to like go into too much detail. I guess that like major things as far as like gender goes is just that like he's just like he's a he's a very like faggy trans guy, but like is mostly mostly like romantically interested in women um and he's been like out as some kind of trans for like half his life like we're the same age um and i've just come out very recently so we have a lot of like we have a lot of like differences in our adolescence obviously um like he's like never passed as straight in his life, and I pretty much exclusively did until like four years ago. Um, okay. But I don't know. We sort of have like converged in many ways um, to the point where I feel like we relate to each other a lot as far as like sexualities and genders. Um, Kind of like, kind of an arriving to a similar place from opposite directions, sort of a deal. Right. That makes sense. That's interesting. That's interesting. Maybe I should tell him if he wants to come on the pod. I'd always be willing to talk. Um, Yeah, for sure. But um. Okay. Yeah, and, and so, like, what about, like, present, like, autoantrophilia, like, after? I guess maybe I'm yeah, misunderstanding, okay. like, is there autoantrophilia post-transition, or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so my, my autoantrophilia now is more, like, it's more of, like, a being trans in both directions type of thing. Like, you definitely, like, you talked a lot before on, I think, on the T for T episode about, like, the transmasculine desire for trans femininity and vice versa. Um, and for me, that just, like, sometimes slips into, like, self-identification, too, in, like, a very, I don't know, I guess it's in a very temporary way, um, but, like, um, I guess, I don't know, I guess my, my sort of first, my first, like, feeling of being like personally transmasculine um was when I was like I guess like 15 and like you know figuring out about all this tumblr discourse and I was like I kind of I had this notion of like okay I don't like identify as a woman but like it would be pretty cool to have a pussy um so maybe that makes me like a trans guy in the body of a cis guy. Um, you know, I don't know. Not that that makes any fucking sense, but um, I mean, it makes a little sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a tweet go viral once that was essentially um, just making a joke about that. Um, and I hated it because I think everyone missed what the joke was, which is it was. The joke was about the idea of a body. Um, yeah. Like, 
that's yeah. the that's the joke, right? That you that you sort of like individuate. Um, that you. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure many people were um, missing the point. Yeah, but um, that's besides. But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's just the like. Yeah, so I guess the the sort of like on on the sort of like personal. On the like most personal like experiential level, like I don't know. I just I sometimes feel like my I guess it's kind of just like a gay in both directions thing, but I I sometimes feel like um my like attraction to trans masculinity like bleeds over into a desire for like being trans masculine too. Um, and yeah, like part of that is just sort of rooted in the like, like wanting a pussy and like having like masculine hobbies, which I guess was my understanding of like what it meant to be masculine when I was like 15. But now it just means that like, I'll show up at the hardware store wearing like cargo shorts and you know, a tank top and, like, nobody knows how to gender me. Um, And that's just, like, its own sort of fun experience. Um, And, yeah, so I I feel like, like, I don't know, sometimes my, sometimes my, like, gendered experience is kind of, like, towing the butch transmasculine line. Um, I guess in the same way that, like, you know, boy moding is kind of transmasculine. Um, so, like, yeah, I kind of feel, I kind of feel that. Um, I feel that, I guess, like in 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 the public sphere in that way, and then in the private sphere, just like that. Just it just is like I don't know. Part part of my sexual attraction to Transmasculinity is also like a desire for it personally. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also, I don't know, for me, there's something definitely like, uh, I don't know. It's like kind of like, to my mind, it's just like cool or sweet to find someone finding things like desirable in a kind of personal way that. I, right, like, I tried, like, I, I think I talked about and oh, no, this wasn't on the show, this was somewhere else, like, talked about, like, being, like, sort of, like, you know, like, a young teenager, and, like, like, thinking that, like, beards were hot, and being, like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna, like, grow a beard, and that'll be great, and then I grew one, or I didn't grow one, right, because I'm a fucking teenager, but I tried to, and I, like, realized I fucking hated it on myself, and it just, like, didn't look mm-hmm. right, and I, I hated it, and I was, like, I mean, I was confused. Um, yeah, I was just sort of like, "Fuck!" Like, what's like, what's what's going on here? What is this? I don't know. Yeah, like, what what is all this? What does all this mean? Um, and oh then, I don't know. There's there's something sort of like cool. Um, there's something cool and like nice about like sort of like finding someone who um 
yeah, find, finding someone that has, like, I don't know, but, like, that stuff actually works, I guess. Um, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, like, yeah, like, I'm still attracted to that stuff in even, you know, insofar as, like, um, yeah, it's, it's not, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really, like, Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not like like yeah. It's um, you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean. I got you. It's 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 being gay and trans in both directions. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. It's like well, no. It's like I'm definitely like, I don't know. Like I'm I'm definitely like, insofar as like right, like I do interact with men. It's definitely more um straight than it is gay i don't mm. i don't i mean you know i, I have like the sort of affinity yeah it, no it, i think yeah it's i, I, I don't think know so it's, like, yeah, it's like, kind of like straight women want to be gay men right like that's a thing <laughs> yeah i don't right? know i think it's like yeah it's like like i there's definitely there's definitely like there is stuff that's straight but then it's also like I don't know. I think I think there's also just um, like for for me and my boyfriend, it's like we're both just so gender nonconforming in our like in in just like everything day to day. Like how how would we even like try to like be a heteronormative couple? Like it would just it would be really dumb. It would be like so much effort to just like not. To, yeah, and that for for so little payout, you know, like we we have our similarities and our differences, and like we we make our lives work together, and like that just is what it is, and like I don't know. There's yeah, there's there's like I it's it's like I guess it is it's it's maybe overall more straight than gay in the like these are things I don't really want on myself. Like I don't want his chest hair. Um, but yeah, like, but I love it on him. Um, and I don't know. I think it's, it's more of a, like, I don't know. It's like in, in the heat of the moment, it's like fun to imagine, I guess maybe like the, the autoandrophilia has become the fantasy and, the the AGP is just kind of there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, th that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Um. um sorry, I'm trying I don't to. Know. I don't know. Do you have Do you have any more questions about me, or is it Is it time to like get into the get into the, the political economy of autogynophilia. Yeah, I mean, that was, I don't know, I, I know you had, like, your sort of set of, like, spicy takes that you wanted to share. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've got my, well, maybe I start out with some spicy takes and then and then get into the, the, the like, materialist reasons of why I'm right. Okay, yeah, go for it. Um, <laughs> all right, so first of all, like, like ninety percent of cis bisexual women are 
autogynophiles. That's that's my first spicy take. Um, my my second spicy take is like the a, a good number of straight women are also autogynophiles. Um, and I think that like autogynophilia broadly is like constructed. Um, it's it's intentionally pushed on women um, so that men can get away with like not being hot, basically. Like part of uh, part part of part of like the the political economy of patriarchy is like making straight people so meta attracted that like guys don't need to like take care of their appearance to like fuck women who do right um so that that was sort of my first those are sort of my like first hot takes on this i think i sort of figured out the thing about cis bisexual women like very quickly after i came out because i realized that my own agp was like just becoming like the standard um cis woman agp which is basically just like do i want to date her do i want to be her um and i don't know like i just i realized like like that was just some that was just a sentiment i had seen expressed by like many cis women and i was like hmm that's 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 autogynophilia if i've ever seen it um and then yeah, and I guess the thing about the thing about like straight women is like 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 straight women like I mean, I don't know, maybe not even straight women, just like women in general, like feminine women. Many feminine women like to get dressed up. It makes them feel good, you know? You put on makeup, you put on your party dress, you put on your heels. Like these are things that they like they don't objectively like make you sexy right i mean you know may maybe they do maybe you're like you know you're like contouring some asymmetry out of your face or whatever but like the 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 majority of what makes those things sexy is like the cultural significance that we assign to them right and that cultural significance is one of femininity and like like femininity as conceived by the patriarchy is like it's it's you know something to be dressed up in and it's something to be like objectified as um and like all of that is just what agp is you know it's just like when when you have internalized um when you've like internalized that fetish for femininity like it becomes so natural to to do all those things right like like why do we have like lingerie for women but not for men like it's because of agp you know um i mean it's not just because of agp right but there's also the flip side which is like the objectification and somebody has to do the objectification right it's you know it's looking sexy for somebody but um but the only reason that women actually like lingerie and aren't doing it for 
you know, aren't wearing it for like purely like transactional reasons um, is, is AGP. Um, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. So maybe now is the time in the like, before we started recording, I, I mentioned this um, essay by uh, Jules Gleason that I just like stumbled upon right after I sent, uh, sent out my, like, um, my, uh, what's the, what's the word? Right, right after I messaged you about coming on the show. Um, and I, okay, here we go. I wrote, I wrote this down. Okay. The, the essay is called Two Accounts of Fetish in Marx and Freud. Um, and basically, I mean, she's just kind of breaking down, um, Marx and Freud's like understandings of the fetish, or I guess and they really have two pretty different like approaches to fetishes. Um, and Marx, of course, like mostly talks about the fetish um, as in like the the fetish character of the commodity, um, which is like a huge part of capital. Um, we don't need to talk about fetish character character of commodities um but basically jules gleason is like we should use marx's definition to talk about sexual fetishes too right because freud freud obviously is talking about sexual fetishes um so freud's definition is like um you know it's like it's like a psychological and like developmental approach to like why do people have sexual preferences for things that we don't consider typically sexual and he comes at it from the angle of like these are people who are fucked up and like we need to help them be normal um and blanchard is following in his footsteps basically and asking like why are trans people fucked up we need to make them normal um and um I don't know if I don't know if Blanchard specifically names like autogynephilia as a fetish. He probably calls it like a paraphilia or something. Um, but that's the same thing. We don't need to like worry about Blanchard's terminology because like like I've said, he's he's just a terrible um, terrible scientist all around. Um, but so so Marx um, Marx writes about like the fetish character, and so I guess. Um, I'll try to use fetish to to mean Freud's uh, understanding, right? Which is like the psychological um, and and the fetish character to be Marx's understanding, which is um, I guess the sort of dialectical material um, understanding of of fetishism, which is that there. So so for Marx, there's like two there's two parts of the, of the fetish character, um, which are, you know, in, in like dialectical opposition to each other, um, which is the sensual, which is like the, the object, you know, if it's, it's the commodity that you buy or whatever. Um, and then the super sensual, which is like the, the sort of social byproduct of the creation of the object itself. Um, and so 
so yeah, so so let's so like just to get into that as far as um, autogynephilia and autoandrophilia is concerned, like the the sensual aspect is like the physical embodiment of sex characteristics, um, whether that is your body or your clothing or your sexual behavior or, you know, yeah, like particular sex acts, your sexual position, whatever, right? Your top or bottom, like those are the sort of sensual elements of sex that are gendered, right? And, um, And then you have the super sensual, which is like, again like the the social forces um and that's sort of like i think the big questions for that in like how how we talk about like agp and aap or like um who is allowed to be like mask or femme or gay or lesbian and in what ways um and like of course that's you know that's a very broad question the answers are very dependent on like culture and race and class and a million other things um but i think to like to 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 like kind of get back to the point here right the um like within within at least the sort of dominant normative sexual culture right which is a you know white cis straight patriarchy um, all of the sort of super sensual like elements of like all of our gendered fetishes are pretty much taken for granted um, because you know we just are we're like in the trash can of ideology right like we don't know um, you know most people don't don't think about this stuff at all like most people don't question why putting on makeup makes them feel sexy. Um, It's just something that they do. Um, But for trans people, right, the, um, you know, the, the particular, like, sensual elements are, like, denied by practical means, right? Like, you are, um, you know, we're gatekept from surgeries that would, like, change our bodies to be the way that that we want them to be um we are you know we face the threat of violence for you know the clothing that we wear or the sexual behaviors that we might want to take um so so all of the sort of sensual elements of our like gendered fetishes are like um they're, they're all sort of tenuous, right? They're gatekept behind, like, medical institutions or they are, like, punished with violence, um, you know, and, like, social ostracization. Um, but then on the other side, the super sensual is, like, very much complicated by transness too, right? Because you're sort of, like, you're on the one hand, like, not allowed to do these things, but then on the other hand, that transgression kind of becomes its own thing that's, like, its own, you know, its own thing that can be hot, right, to be transgressive. Um, 
And so that's, I think, where you get the, like, you know, you get the sort of, like, sissy cross-dresser, like, at least in the sense that it, in the sort of, like, post-90s sense, right, of, like, cross-dressing as a, like, transgender-adjacent fetish. Um, and and sort of being that being, like, I don't know, sort of typifying AGP in the eyes of someone like Blanchard, right? Um, and then... So then there's also something that is, I think, is kind of interesting, which is that, like, like for Blanchard, the opposite of AGP is not actually AAP, right? It's autohomoeroticism. Um, and in this case, I don't know. I think there's something very strange about, like, like being a cis straight guy is, like, so default that there's absolutely no way to, like, eroticize it on its own. Um, like, they're so, they're so by default, like, the subjective um, position, like, the active participant in sex, um, and, like, they're by default the, like, point of view for all sexual matters. And so the only place where, like, the, the only, like, place where, like, masculinity can be, like, an object to be, like, inhabited, I guess, um, in the same way that femininity is, is with, like, gay male subcultures where, you know, I don't know, I guess it's kind of, it, like, sort of, like, the, the like, leather subcultures and stuff like that, right? It sort of is, like, making a mockery of masculinity by by objectifying it um and and then that kind of adds um that adds both sort of sensual and super sensual um elements that i think are sort of key to like understanding autohomoeroticism which is like um you sort of have the the particular gay aesthetics, right? You have um, certain like hairstyles, or like you have all the like leather costumes, the like you know dressing up as a cop or whatever. Um, and then you've got the super sensual, which is sort of like the the like cultural understanding of what it is to be like certain types of gay, like you have the sort of history of, you know, you just have the history of, like, gay subcultures as such, like, in the 20th century, um, of, like, cruising and bars and whatever else. Um, and so I think that, like, actually, that that's, like, one... Some, sometimes for me, like, AAP as a fantasy, like, includes, like, some proximity to that culture that I don't really have, um, partially because it's just, like, gone forever in, like, so much of the world. Um, I mean, hopefully not forever. Um, but it feels like something that's almost a relic of the past. Um, and um, I don't know. There's something, like, there's something, I guess, that, that makes it easy to, fantasize about for me like 
the the sort of idea of like the I don't know, like the leather scene in New York in the seventies or whatever. That was that was a lot of um rambling, but I think I got through like most of the big points. I don't know. What are no, your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of rambling. Um what are my thoughts? Could you give me a like could you give me like a like a like a like a straight to the straight to the heart of of all that? Okay, yeah, I guess to so to get straight to the heart of it, like um I guess yeah, okay. Well I think I think like in, in both cases of 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 like auto androphilia or auto homoeroticism and like autogynophilia, um the the sort of the the sensual aspect of the fetish is embodying some kind of like um embodying like a gender role that is then objectified and you like gain sexual pleasure from the objectification. Right. And the, the super sensual aspect of each is a little bit different though, because femininity as an objectifiable thing is so like widely understood in the dominant culture. Whereas um, masculinity as an objectifiable thing is, kind of more it's just more limited it's like like gay men understand how to how to objectify masculinity but straight people don't um and so that's yeah i guess that that's sort of the like that's the like brief explanation right um and i yeah i mean i think like i think like i think a lot of gay men are auto homo errata files or whatever you would I don't know and and I think basically anyone who's like femme for femme is AGP like I don't know I think I think another thing is like the reason the reason I think that like AGP is so like threatening to um you know to like cis heteronormativity is that um it's it's kind of like scary to think about for you know for straight people to think about like a femininity that's not constructed to be the object of like a masculine desire you know like it's sort of like doing gender without it's doing gender that isn't like anchored to the to the nuclear family right um, right, right, or to like heterosexuality broadly. Right. It's yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, I, I sort of return to the family more specifically. Sure. But yeah, right. It's like, what is what does it mean to do gender? Just like actually, like for yourself. Like, what does it mean to do gender? Right, like, right. or even not necessarily like for yourself, but like for like reasons that aren't. Um this like kind of like churning cycle of yeah you know like sort of like sex and violence um that is the yeah thing. yeah um what is it to to do gender for a different churning cycle of sex and gender um that's yeah um, right um 
Yeah, it's 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 a it's a difficult question. Like, um, I I don't really know. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think I think when you talk about it, is like doing gender. Like, like I think just like the the average like cis straight man is like so degendered by the fact that like any sort of like conscious gender expression is like met with homophobia you know right yeah like like any kind of potential for a a gender expression that is like personal you know is is like so rapidly beaten out of like men and like that's not i feel like it's just not so extremely the case for women like there are different types of genders of of like cis straight women that are like compatible with the nuclear family now you know yeah um, but like know, whether it's like you know like yeah like girl boss or right um, girl boss trad wife mom or, um, yeah um, or even just like yeah there's right and then there's like the in between there's like the soccer mom you know yeah yeah, so like, and yeah, and I think I think that's like that's like why autoerendrophilia doesn't make as much sense as like autohomoeroticism. It's like who the fuck is like aspiring to be a straight guy? That's like the most <laughs> boring gender imaginable, right? Like that's not an aspirational gender for anybody. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's also I think that's also why like. Like, even, like, most straight trans guys are, like, pretty fruity. Because it's, like, you're not going to go to the effort of transing your gender just to, like, be some guy in, like, khakis and a white button down. I mean, there are, like, there not, are, there are, there yeah, are guys like that, and I love not them. There. Yeah, good for them if they if they really do want that, you know? But like, yeah. But they're but they're they're underrepresented among among trans guys for a reason, um, you know, compared to this guys. Um, yeah. 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 Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, yeah, we've been going for for quite a while now, so I think we are about point to 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 wrap it up. Um, thank you so much for coming on today, Zane. Yeah, thanks for um, having me. Yeah, this was really lovely. Um, and thank you for listening, um, listener. Uh, it really means a lot. As I said a couple times throughout, I'm not really sure when I'm going to be releasing this. Um, and I guess we'll see. Um. It might be a while from when I'm recording. It might be very soon. Um, a lot's up in the air. But one way or the other, um, I have essentially decided to start doing um, a kind of like listener response show. So if you go to the Twitter account, um, you can either DM me or you can find, I tweeted it out. Um, I, don't, I might try to like pin it or put it in the bio or something. Um, the site that I use to put out the podcast has like a functionality for you guys can send me voice messages. Um, so if you want to do that, you can do that. 
you can also just DM me or like email the podcast um, when a guy has at gmail.com or on Twitter at when a guy has. Um, either of those are perfectly fine. Send me things to, to read on the listening response episode. Um, we also have the Kofi link as always if you want to donate uh, to support the show. Um, I'm also getting surgery in a few weeks from now, and actually exactly a month from now. Um, wow, holy Exciting. cow, recording this. Um, there's a GoFundMe on, that I've, I've retweeted on the show's account. You can uh, donate to that, or, or the Kofi. It's kind of six of one, a half dozen of the other at this point. Um, they're all going to go to the same place, which is supporting me in recovery from that surgery. Um, so yeah, but that's pretty much it. Thank you again to Zane so much for joining me today, and thank you for listening on. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye.